Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought-provoking conversations around money, wellness, business, life, and personal development. This is the space where humor meets depth and no topic is off limits. Let's fuck shit up. Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast episode. If you tuned into the previous episode, you'll know that I'm back with the intention of being consistent with bringing you more podcast episodes and what you can expect is a range of different topics and conversations from business, money, life, sex, mindset, health, just all the things and you can expect some shorter podcast episodes as well. So I do have the intention that when you have the pleasure of having just myself uh, riffing in your ears, uh, the podcast episodes will be a little bit shorter. And then when I'm having guests, I may take a little bit more time to really allow them to be seen in their expertise and things like that as well. So today is a solo episode. Um, and I guess it's a bit of a business conversation. And I was trying to think around like how I sum up the theme of the podcast or the main core topic. And really it is going to be my observation of the coaching industry timeline. And why I'm going to be speaking to the coaching industry is because I have experience because I've, I've been a part of it for the time that I'm going to speak to the timeline of it. However, I feel like a lot of these things we can be actually applying to a broader context outside of the coaching industry. So outside of just that micro industry and into the entire collective of what we're seeing in businesses across the board as well. But a lot of the examples that I'll use, again, I'm just going to refer to the coaching industry um, because it feels specific and, and easy for me to share and use examples of that. Frankie is like desperate to come up onto my lap and I don't know if he's going to ruin the recording, but I'm going to say yes. So let's dive in. Let's go back. Let's rewind the clock to around 2018. This is kind of when I very much first stepped into the industry. And as an observer, what I would say was the industry was a lot more established in other markets like the US market and the even a little bit more maybe in the UK market but I feel like predominantly the US is where a lot of the coaching industry was there wasn't a lot of well, definitely nowhere near as many as there are now coaches in in the Australian market the Australian space so I remember in 2019 when I hired my first business coach um, I was looking around for a business coach and mentor and he was one of the only ones I could find in Australia and and I'm not saying there weren't many more, there, there obviously were. Um, and, you know, taking into account SEO on social media and things like that probably wasn't as great as it was now. So finding someone was a little bit harder. Um, but I do remember being a lot more limited for choice. I'm very glad that I hired the mentor I did. He was an incredible mentor for me. I still follow him to this day and, and love everything he's doing. So very, very grateful that I feel like I made a quote unquote good decision coming into the space in who I first hired. But around that time, a lot of the themes and, and the energy and the way people would market and sell, it was very, very bro marketing, bro sales. And um, what I mean by that, it was like the very typical, there was a lot of like masculinity without the focus on, on client relationships. And when I say masculinity, I don't mean that in a, a negative context, just so everyone knows. I think this is a, a beautiful element of, of business that's very needed. But it was the structure, it was the logistics, it was the plan, it was the strategy, it was the, the dollars and cents, but it really lacked the focus on the client. I would say. 
So it was a lot about how to get the sale how to get the sale. So a lot of sales calls, cold DMing, like funnels and systems to getting clients. And like, I honestly remember around that time, it was quite normal. Anyone who was in the industry at this time, like I I would put money on it that they would remember this kind of energy. And if you don't like lucky you, Um, but it was this energy of don't let people off the phone until they've given you their credit card. Like, and that feels so icky to say, but it it is what it is. It was very much like keep them on the phone and like, um, you know, the, the long you could keep them on the phone and the more sales you could get while still on the phone, the better salesperson you were and things like that. It was, it was about being a salesperson and about being a business person. And it wasn't so much about being an actual coach, an actual mentor and an actual human, having a human interaction with the other person. And look, I am exaggerating. Like I'm going to be honest, like, uh, well, I'm not, I'm actually not even really exaggerating, but I feel like while people did still care about people, I don't want to pretend that like all they cared about was money or a sale. They didn't. They had good intentions. I, I truly believe that as humans and as coaches, we we have good intentions. We come into the space and whether you're a online health trainer or you're a mindset coach or you're a womb healer or you know, you're a Reiki master, like whatever it is, I believe that at our core, we want to serve and help people. We want to serve and and help human beings. And sometimes we get so lost in that and so distracted by the messaging in the space that we get swept up into how to get the sale over remembering why we got into the space in the first place, which was to help and which was to serve. So at this time, I feel like there were still a lot of heart-centered leaders and and heart-centered entrepreneurs who, you know, wanted the best for their clients and and wanted to be able to serve and wanted to be able to deliver, but they were getting so swept up in the very intense messaging in the space from a lot of the business coaches and mentors of like, you know, how to sell. It was very, very forceful and salesy and sleazy and... I'm even going to go as far to say as manipulative. And again, like while I don't think anyone ever set out the intention for that to be what they wanted, it happened. And everyone was really doing the best that they could. You know, um, people were bringing in the the online space is still relatively new in the scheme of everything. Um, So online sales and online selling is still quite in its infancy when we think about it. So People were bringing a lot of marketing and sales tactics from, you know, brick and mortar or um, industries that weren't online and just applying those online, I guess, like even like telemarketing um, strategies and things like that into the online space. So get people on a call, sell them uh, a lot, actually, a lot of hiding prices. I, I don't remember in, in 2018, 2019, it was pretty uncommon for someone to display their, their price publicly if it was anything bigger than if it was private mentorship. So masterclasses, there was usually some pricing. Courses, hit and miss. Some people would um, even do sales calls for their courses. That actually wasn't uncommon. Um, so if you weren't around in the industry then and, and you get people, 20 people signing up to your course now without having having to get on 20 sales calls, check your fucking privilege. Let me tell you that people would do, you know, sales calls for their courses and things like that. So sometimes they would not have obvious or transparent pricing for those courses because they would wait to get someone on a call in order to be able to sell them. Um, and then private mentorship. Like I, 
I don't, I feel like I have memory of seeing one person's um, private rates at that time. And that was Manifestation Babe. If anyone knows her and follows her, I remember she put her prices publicly and her prices were higher too. Um, for that time, I think she did like 100K for 12 months or something like that. And I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, she's so ballsy. But a lot of coaches and mentors, the strategy was you hide your pricing, you get people to book in a call with you, you get on the call, you have a conversation with them about their goals and, and what they want to achieve. And, um, you know, you go back and forth for probably anywhere from 10 minutes up to 30 minutes depending on the person and then at the end you tell them your price and how do you want to pay that's basically the conversation how do you want to pay so that was the vibe so you're either going to remember it and you're going to be having a laugh and being like wow I remember those days or you're going to be like what the fucking fuck you're basically going to feel like a child born today that's going to be looking at a CD in a couple of, in 10 years from now thinking, what even was this sorcery? So that's what it was like. That was my experience of it anyway. And and I'm not saying that it's all that there was, but it's what I saw. It's what I had, um, yeah, access to. It's what, um, was my experience of the industry. So a lot of hardcore strategy without the heart. That's what I'm going to say. 20, 20 was kind of a a transitional year, I think. Um, Obviously, that's the year we went into lockdowns everywhere, people losing their jobs, and like that's a whole nother conversation for another time. And and, and it was was shit. Um, But what came from that was a lot of people out of fear or out of desire made changes in their life. Um, and that meant that a lot of people came into the online space. So whether it was desperation to earn money, whether it was working from home and, and realizing that they um, they finally got relief of being out of their day-to-day work cycle and then they had the space to actually think about what they wanted and realize what they didn't want and they desired something different, like whatever it was, uh, a lot of people coming into big realizations and a lot of um, you know dynamic energy and movement and change in the online space. Even for myself, I was at this point, again, I was still online, but I was doing about 50% revenue online and 50% from the gym floor PTing. And when obviously we went into lockdown, gyms were closed. The doors just closed overnight. I lost 50% of my income. And I remember thinking I'm either going to swim or drown and I'm going to make sure that I swim. And that was when I hired another uh, business coach and mentor to really, really help take my online business a bit more seriously. But yeah, there was a lot of movement in the space. So a lot of people finding their feet, new energy in the industry and things like that, um, which always means change. So come forward a little bit to about 2021, 2022. So two years ago, up until last year, what I saw in the space and my experience of the space and what I saw normalize was a pendulum swing, a huge pendulum swing, people boycotting um, sales calls. That sounds really intense, boycotting. wasn't that serious. Um, No one went on strike. But yeah, people boycotting sales calls, people starting to, and there was a lot of fear around it, but it was getting more normalized and more and more normalized. So I feel like it started 2021, people starting to display their prices a bit more publicly. Um, By 2022, that was absolutely normalized. So it wasn't uncommon to see a mentor's one-to-one rates, whether it was $5,000 or $60,000, they would be transparent around it. Um, Courses, masterclasses, whatever. It was pretty normal, pretty common um, to be able to have access to someone's pricing and information about their program online. A lot less people doing sales calls and things like that, making selling easier. However, I feel like, like a lot of things, people took this too far. I feel like people took simplification and ease and turned it into how do I do the bare minimum? 
And with this, I feel there was a lot of fucking entitlement in the space where people were seeing people make, you know, big money, whether it's 20, 30, 50,000, $100,000 plus cash months um, and expecting the same pretty quickly without having to put in much work at all. So never doing a sales call in their life, potentially never even coach someone one-to-one or clocked up any fucking coaching hours in their life, but expecting to be able to charge $5,000 for that. Yeah, just so much entitlement in the space and a lot of bare minimum energy. And while I don't love this now because we took it too far, there was a time that it was fucking sexy and and I was for it. And this was where it was kind of like, um, again, the energy of ease and simplification without the entitlement. So it was like, how can I follow the path of least resistance? How can I make things easier and more simple and stop overcomplicating it and, and make people jump through hoops to sign up with me? So it was like, why would I make someone have to fill out an application and then um, go back and forth and email and then book in a consult time and then get on a call with me and then get sent my packages and then sign up when it's like they could just click, click a link and join. It's like, People were like realizing that they were actually making people jump through hoops just to be able to work with them when they were already ready. So we went through this period of like, how do we make content more simple? Like stop overcomplicating content. Like let's make it easy. Let's make it simple. Um, We went through the energy of let's make sales easier. Let's make sales simpler. Let's like stop like the freaking hustle. Let's stop the grind. Let's like build a lifestyle. Let's create a life around this. Like you get to do life and you get to sell and you get to do something you're passionate about and you get to make money. And I love all of that. But again, we took it too far and it it turned into a bare minimum energy where it's like, how do I make as much money as possible without having to do much at all? And I feel like we lost our awareness of just how lucky we are to be in this industry. And there's not a lot of industries outside of the coaching industry that have the least resistance to be able to launch and start a business, um, especially financially, because there's little overheads and things like that. So you think about, you want to open up a store well, you've got to, you know, potentially get a loan, um, rent out a space, pay for a shop fit out, um, buy product, um, potentially hire a team. Like there's a lot of, um, hurdles and financial obstacles to starting a lot of other businesses. Ecom's the same. Um, but the coaching industry, you just show up with your iPhone and yourself and you're pretty good to go. So I feel like we forget how lucky we are in in that. And I saw the rise of the, and, and I partially contributed as well, the iPhone notes content thing, if anyone remembers that, still kind of lingering now. But it was very, very common where it was like, oh, you can just write a piece of content from your iPhone notes and screenshot it and and upload it. Like how easy. But I started noticing that people stopped focusing on quality and they stopped focusing on brand. So what would happen? I'd be scrolling through my feed and there'll just be a bunch of, you know, a wave of iPhone notes. And I'm like, I don't know whose is who. And, And while you can establish a brand voice and there were some people some people that had strong brand voice where you could read an iPhone note and go, I know who wrote this. Um, a, a really good example of this, if anyone follows Simone Seol, she's a um, uh, Korean marketing coach and she's absolutely just fucking phenomenal. I, I love and adore her. And I think she has a very, very strong brand voice. And um, I think she still does a lot of the iPhone notes things, but when she does them, I know it's hers because her voice is just so um, unique to her own personality and her brand. Um, and some other people did this incredibly well as well. But for majority of people, especially new coaches um, or new people to the industry that don't have a strong brand voice, that are still finding their identity, um, that are still finding their own language and tonality and articulation, they were creating an iPhone notes thing. And 
and it just sounded like everyone else's. It didn't it didn't land where someone could like and double tap that that for the words, but they weren't putting that those words were yours. So you weren't actually building or strengthening your brand. You were just putting out content that people could potentially like and and it was just a wave of of all the sameness. But there were other ways this showed up in the industry as well. I mean even offer creation. I remember again, let's come back to twenty eighteen creating an offer it was like you know you spend weeks preparing refining doing notes um potentially engaging a graphic designer maybe not doing it yourself but getting the branding going getting your um the ig story templates done you would create a sales page you would get all the sales page good to go and then you'd launch with the sales page and then like there was so many steps in terms of being able to create an offer and so again when we came into 2021 2022 there was a simplification of that it was like oh we don't need sales pages anymore. That's probably the longest part, writing the copy and, and designing and the structure and all the things of the sales page is probably the longest part. Um, one of the biggest hurdles to um, offer creation process and being able to sell an offer. Cool. I can just put up some stories and whack a link up. That's great. And, and I think that's excellent. But there was just a lot of, okay, cool. Now I'm just going to wing it and be in transmission and I don't need notes. That was the next thing, not even preparing notes for what you want to say. And while I'm all for trusting your voice, there is also honoring someone's investment and making sure that you fucking cover what you said you're going to cover. There's the part around making sure that what you speak to is actually what you sold and that's integrity. And I feel like people took that too far where they were like, okay, but it's just transmission. And there are some things where that's valuable, but make sure you sell it as that. That's the the differentiating factor. Make sure you sell that it's a transmission and it's a conversation around XYZ. Don't say you're going to learn dot, 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 dot if you potentially don't cover those teachings in your course and your program. So yeah, I think, I think just a lot of, um, a lot of beauty in that, you know, getting out of the hustle culture and, and simplifying things, but we took it too far. 2023, here we are. What I see and am starting to see and also predicting for the next, you know, 12 to 18 to even 24 months is a rise of duality and a rise of integrity. This is where effort is going to matter. This is where skill set is going to matter. So it's us bridging the gap between being able to care about the human, you know, behind the screen, being able to care about delivering on a product that we've sold to make sure our marketing is in integrity um, and our offer actually gives the deliverables that we promised. I feel like there's ease you know, where it's like, we don't have to jump through a hundred hurdles to be able to sell one person into an offer. We don't have to do sales calls if we don't want to. We don't have to do sales pages if we don't want to. We get to make it somewhat easy, but ease doesn't mean lack of intentionality. I think there needs to be a lot more intentionality in the space. And I think that strategy is going to be more important because I feel a lot of people are in the space drowning right now because they're fucking lost. And I think that because we move so far away from strategy and somewhat painted strategy with, a, you know, um, devil's horns and a tail that we then allowed people to just like do what you want, trust what feels good, like whatever's in alignment. And that's not business. That's not fucking business. Like I, that's a whole nother conversation, but that's not business. While it gets to be an aspect of business that is great and I love that and I promote that. 
it's not just business that's doing life and that's supporting the human behind the business, but it doesn't support the business. I think supporting the human behind the business, i.e. doing what feels good, what's in alignment, you know, following your soul's purpose, like making things feel lighter. That's important. That's very important, but it's important for the human so that you can stay plugged into your business so that you feel, you know, purposeful and satiated. It's important so that, um, you can maintain consistency and sustainability in your business, but your business, the actual entity which has an offer and buyers and is about sales and profitability, the actual business doesn't give a fuck what's in alignment for you. Where's the conversation around that? The business doesn't give a fuck about what's aligned. It cares about dollars and cents, profitability, structure, strategy, revenue, like it it needs to have a tangible physical product that's good and sellable, you know, like the actual tangible of it. And so I feel like we're going to be coming into 2023, 2024 is a rise of focusing on the both. It's a focus on getting better at business and refining our craft as entrepreneurs and, and leaders in the space and working on the human behind the business as well. I think this is really important because in the past we've we've focused too heavily on one or two on the other. So 2018 was the year of the business and you know 2022 was the year of the human and moving forward we get to do both. We get to focus on both. We get to refine our strategy and we get to feel fucking fulfilled in our soul and that really really excites me. So I think if we were to put it into archetypes, I would say the more 2018, 2019 even a little bit of 2020, it was the era of the expert. It was who had the most knowledge, who could provide the most information, who was the most intelligent, knowledgeable, smartest person in the room, who could very much um, articulate and regurgitate information. It's really, really who knew a lot. And then 2021, 2022, the archetype there was the era of the influencer. So it was very much being magnetized to the person, not so much how they know, but how they lived, how they moved through their life, um, who they were as a person, who they were as a human, what they were wearing, what they were doing, what they were eating, where they were going, just like all of that. And I think now we're going to move into the, the era of the authority and the authorities both. The authority will be the person that is, you know, a blend of the expert and the influencer. It will, and this is why personal brands are just ridiculously on the rise and why personal brands are just popping off right now because that's really what a personal brand is. It's the expert and the um and the influencer. So it's someone that is influential, that has personality that people can can fall in love with and connect with and feel like they know and they can value them, but also they want to know that what that person is doing, the product they have works or it's good or their offer delivers or they can actually help them. So people aren't just wanting to be in the energy anymore. They're wanting to be in the energy and have a deliverable outcome. So it's really going to be very, very important that we're able to master both. So skill set is going to start mattering more and more moving forward, which I'm really, really excited for. And I know for me, um, I'm bringing a lot more duality back into my own business where there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of ease. There's a lot of flow and overflow, a lot of like passion projects and 
yeah, like making things feel light and easy and fun and very much like making sure that I'm still refining my craft, um, that my marketing is integrous, that I'm, you know, delivering on what I say I'll deliver. Um, I'm working on refining my brand strategy a little bit more. I'm working on refining my sales strategy a little bit more. So um, I'm really, really doing the both where my human's having a fucking great time and I'm making sure that she's living her best life. And um, yeah, I'm really becoming a little bit more intentional about um, refining the strategy across the board in all areas of my business as well. So that's where I'm at. That is my view of the the timeline of the industry, the scope and, and where I think we're going. So I think, you know, you may have had an entirely different experience. As I said, this was mine. Regardless, I think that you can like have a think about and take some things away from this podcast and really just um, have a think into what you want to be focusing on, like in your business, like where do you want your intentionality to go? What feels in integrity for you? How's your business feeling? How are your audience responding to you? Um, And where can you do a better job of, um, you know, creating that duality within your business, supporting your human and focusing on the strategy? It's about not getting so focused on the strategy and the outcome that you lose sight of, enjoying the process, but it's also about not getting so caught up in like the strategy doesn't matter. I'm just here for the ride, but then getting upset when your business doesn't grow or doesn't move because you didn't incorporate a strategy. So yeah, I'm just really, really excited. I feel like this next year or or two years, and maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I feel like it's going to be some of the most fun, exciting and powerful years that we have seen to date in the online space. You know, rises of technology, people are getting more creative and innovative. I think it's going to be a really fucking cool time and it's a really, really cool time to be part of the industry and I'm very grateful that I am a part of it. So that's my view. That's my perspective. I hope you guys enjoyed today's chat and as promised, I will be back in your ears soon. 